What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unpaid Plays, the NBA show brought to you from the fan perspective. My name is Carlos. I'll be your host as always. And uh, I just want to let y'all guys know that uh, I made a little mistake. Well, I don't know if I made a mistake or technology decided to screw me, but at the beginning of the recording of our last episode, or the episode you're about to watch or listen to, we, uh, for some reason, the computer wasn't picking up my microphone, so there's a large portion of it in the beginning, about 20 minutes or so, where you can only hear Mo and Mel, but you can't really hear me. So I just cut that part off, and we're going to be picking up this episode after that first 20, 25 minutes. So you're kind of going to get thrown into a little bit of a conversation, but hopefully I picked the point where it's not a too much of an issue. So forgive me, and uh, we'll make sure to get the technical issues worked out for the next one. Until then, enjoy. I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying about Miami. You don't think Miami's got what it takes to have to a, do what? A, a repeat of what they did last year, get back to the finals? You don't think they have a chance of that? I don't think that they – I don't want them there because they're going to lose, and I don't want them um, – and I don't want them ruining – I don't know. I got a thing against these players. Like, like I, I, this is weird, but it's, it's – I just – I really like good finals. Like, I don't I, – I love good finals matches. I don't – always care to have a team give me one of the best conference finals and then go into the finals and get their ass kicked. Like, I just feel like that's going to be what's going to happen if if the Heat are to do that. Are they going to end up going against the Lakers? They're going to get smoked for one, and then it's going to be a waste of one of the greater series we've seen in the second round or the third round from them. So I prefer them to just save it and just let, let, us, get, let us get Brooklyn and uh, the Lakers in the finals. Or let, you know, let, let the Bucks get in there real quick. Don't go out there crazy and Jimmy drop 56 one game. They win the series and then go get swept. I just don't want to see that. Swept is, swept is harsh, but I don't want to see six, like a, a 4-2 series, and the two games they won was won by a free throw. And you know, I, I don't really want that. I don't want to see a desperate final from some, the East. some shit happening where it's a good game throughout. And yeah, I just I just want the finals like, to be fun. Yeah. That's that's really what it is. I, that's selfish of me. I know, but like just watching basketball, I'm really tired yeah. of like the super lit second round by the team that drags all the way to the final. I felt like that about Denver last year. Like it was amazing to see them win those comeback series. We knew they was gonna get smoked, so they just got there to lose anyway, and it was no shot. I think they're amazing, more amazing this year. Maybe last year's a uh, maybe it's a journey. You know what I'm saying? A marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. But um, I I just want a good playoffs. <laughs> That's it. But, no disrespect to Miami. Yeah, but Miami, like, all right, so maybe the series or the finals didn't go as long as we thought, but the games were still you know. competitive. There weren't there weren't any – there weren't bad games, you know what I mean? Like, the games were still interesting. Watching Jimmy do what he did was interesting, and Miami learned a lot from that. And, I mean, there's no reason to think they can't come back and make that same run or a deeper run, assuming L.A. even gets back there if, you know, Anthony Davis can't get right with itself. You know what I mean? Miami's making moves. They picked up Trevor Ariza. They moved Miles Leonard, which is a move in... Oh, that's a good move for experience. It's a good move for experience. It's a good move for defense because, you know, Trevor Ariza's a good wing defender. He can shoot the three above 40%, so that's a good move for them from that aspect. The one thing they lost with Miles Leonard, besides the anti-Semitic comments, was a seven-footer. Yeah. So now they're... Their tallest player is now Kelly Olenek at 6'11", and then they don't have any other players above 6'8", besides Bam Adebayo, who's 6'9". So now, getting rid of him, they have a really small team. 
So they look like somebody that's going to be primed to try and make a move going into the trade deadline to maybe gain a little size because playing in the East, you got large teams you're going to be going against. But yeah. a, t- a team that small, they look better tooled to beat Brooklyn than they do to beat Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know Better I mean? tool is the right word for it. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that um, I, it might have came off Miami hateish, but I think it's just more of a uh, memorable basketball finals fan. I'm just, like, that's what it's more about than the action, than the heat. I hope I don't, you know what I mean. I'm not trying to come out yeah, the wrong no. way, but like, I just don't. I don't know, man. Like, I, I I'll have to see. Um, Trevor Reza, he scares me a little bit too, because you know Reza. Ariza give you the, the series like he um, he he has a, the game saving steal dive on a ball call a timeout play and then the next one you go over over nine and this ain't Trevor Ariza hate time but it just some of these move some of these players are getting to that point where it's like all right bro you're gonna have to you know what I mean you have to push up a little bit to be what you were I can't be saying the the, the people get held out of the league. For however long they're getting held out of the league while you guys are still getting these contracts. Yeah, but they didn't pick up Trevor Ariza for what he could be. They picked up Trevor Ariza for what they know exactly what he's going to do. They picked the, Who do you think, what do you think he adds to that, to that team? Defense. It makes, them, it makes them infinitely switchable. They can just switch every single thing. Somebody runs pick, I pick and roll, they can switch every single thing. And he's a spot-up shooter. And they don't really need any more shooting, right? They've got all the shooting in the world. So somebody, he can hit he can hit the mid, he can hit 40. But really is, it just gives them switchability on defense. Being 6'7 wing, he can put a hand in some, somebody's face when they try to go for the pick, pick and pop. Somebody like Middleton or, you're, you know, you got KD or, you know, KD and Harden or somebody. Those two trying to run a two-man game out there. Like, that's pretty important. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. But they're missing I got size. You. That, Basketball that's perspective, I think, I think you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking on fanhood and wanting to see crazy games and shit like that. So maybe maybe, 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 I'm, maybe I'm being too hasty towards, you know, your, your 2K type of basketball instead of just basketball, basketball. So I, I get what you're saying. I don't think it's hasty, though. But, but in reality, they still don't have any size. So though they will struggle with Milwaukee being re, reinvigorated with their new pieces. This Miami team will have a tough time with Milwaukee. Miami. I don't think Myers Leonard was doing shit with them. No way. It doesn't matter if he was doing anything. He was a seven footer that could stand in front of the rim and be six hard fouls. That's really. He's gonna get dunked on six hard times. And that's fine too. I mean, against against the teams we're talking about, because I'm only speaking about the Brooklyn's and you know, I mean, then the the Milwaukee's. Yeah, this Miami roster, the way it's currently constructed, will struggle against Philly and Milwaukee. I think this Miami roster has a really good chance of giving Brooklyn a hard time um, in everybody's current configuration, knowing we're still a week out from the trade deadline. So I'd be looking at Miami to try to make a move to maybe get some size in their front court. I don't really know what's out there that anybody's looking to grab besides Drummond, who seems to be in buyout trade purgatory. Um, he looked like he can go all every team. He like he about to be on every team. Like the way the, you look, you look at let let you open up a sports page. They always talk about a different team that's in the runnings right now for for Andre. That's why I don't be like I be tired of hearing that shit because it's like every day is something new. Like oh oh this team I'm like bro just report about it when when somebody actually makes something happen. You know every day like I was just on the way home just now switching sports, but. 
they was talking about how they was reporting about the Bears like trying to go crazy to get Russell Wilson. They giving up. Yeah. They they told them they was gonna give them three first round picks, and you can choose the starter that you want to take from the team. My and they God. turned it down. Mm-hmm. So they they so then they over there in Chicago reporting it. And That's Chicago fans getting all amped up because they like, oh, yeah, we about to get Russell Wilson, M- Mitchell Trubisky about to be out of here, blah, blah, blah. Seahawks, they like, nope, we ain't, we ain't doing it. We ain't letting them go. And then fucking yesterday, I think um, they signed, Chicago ended up signing Andy Dalton. Yep. So it's like, I, that should be annoying when I be hearing like, oh, Prospects just like with Miami and they were talking about Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? People was hitting me up talking about some old oh, bro. Y'all about to get Deshaun Watson, yo. No, we not. No, we not. <laughs> ain't about to trade for him. Just nope. shut up. It ain't happening. This whole Deshaun Watson shit with the trade stuff been happening for mad long. It ain't nothing happened. I can't stand that shit. Every day is something different. And then when it finally happened, they like, oh, they talking about this person going to these two teams, like oh Drummond. Oh Drummond, he's gonna be the next person to go to the Nets. He's gonna be next watch two uh next week from now or whatever, or after the trade deadline when they finally fucking buy his ass out. He gonna end up going to fucking somewhere you wouldn't even think of him going, yo. He gonna be, end up on, in Orlando or some shit. I'm like, nah, what? If they buy him, they buy him out, he going to the Lakers. Come on. No, no, I I don't really think he's gonna go to Orlando, yeah. but I'm just saying, like it it always be some shit like that. You think he only one that they I think they get. I think they, they, the Lakers would be dumb as hell to to let him go to fucking Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, they're not gonna let him go to Brooklyn. He's insurance for having another big in the paint. Because if you watch the way LA won last year, right, they had so many seven footers on their team. It was ridiculous. Anthony Davis, and then you had Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. JaVale like they, McGee. They just had every big man you could possibly have. It didn't matter who they subbed out. They was getting the board. So, and Drummond is a fantastic re- rebounder, and you pick him up for nothing else than getting everybody some extra shots. You know what I mean? Because even this Probably year, w- even this year with whatever the Cle- whatever Cleveland has been doing, he was still averaging 13.5 a game on the boards and 17.5 points. So he can score the ball, he can get the boards, and just kick it back out to somebody else. And I mean, everybody and he can, can, and he can put the ball in a hoop. Yeah, he can he can put put the ball in the hoop. He averaged o- over a block a game. So I mean, he has utility. People don't people don't like di- don't dislike Andre Drummond. They dislike the price for Andre Drummond, which is why nobody's trading for him. Mm-hmm. As a buyout, what makes you think he'll take? You make you think he'll take what the Lakers got? Because to he, increase he his profile, increase his profile. One, the second you win a championship. You are now, every time you go somewhere else, you're acquiring a championship player. Yeah, that's what I meant by yeah, his profile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you go somewhere where you think you can get run. You can go to a team that's going to show all your good shit and none of your bad shit and potentially get, get you a ring. And we've learned throughout this past 17, 18 years, there's no better way to get you a, another contract, especially if your stock has been going down, than to stand next to LeBron. Let him get you some easy dunks, get some board, contribute to the team, do little things like that. And a couple of tweets about you say say exactly. you won the game for him and then boom yeah, and there you go with you go with the max deal right? yeah <laughs> was one Word. one Snapchat of y'all smoking cigars together and shit next thing you know you got a max it don't even like, all, all you need all you need is one of those uh one of those you know or oh, handshakes yeah. and shit yeah, yeah. Get, get, you get a handshake with LeBron, LeBron. get, get yeah, you a LeBron handshake LeBron. You, you're easy in another box 
Yeah, whatever it is they, they do, I don't know how he remembers all them shits, but you get a special handshake with, with LeBron. I wouldn't. Wait till the documentary come out in uh, 10 years and they show that he's been recycling them forever. That was Mo Williams' handshake that yeah. he did with. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Mo mad talking crazy on the documentary. That I can't wait for it. That's nah, funny as hell, bro. That's, that would be funny as hell. If somebody takes the time to go back and look at all them intro, all them handshakes, they can be like, now if you look at the Cleveland team, this guy all the way on the bench. We don't even know his name. He recycled his <laughs> You know somebody would do it. Shit. shit. I know they were. That's and, the thing somebody was, took the, and the thing is, I thought it was special. <laughs> I thought it was somebody special. Somebody took the time to go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't special, bro. Somebody took the time out to make like a four or five. I can't remember how many minutes that video was of going through all of Jordan shots in a specific spot on the court and yeah. going through all of Kobe's shots at a specific spot in the court and put that video together they'll go for as much as these motherfuckers be hating on lebron yo they will go and find everybody that he had a handshake with to compare them shits to try and be like yo bro he's mad corny he don't even he don't even uh give everybody their own handshake he's like you said he's recycling handshakes and shit like somebody had to go out there and do it people ain't got number time yeah when it comes to the greats man it's always going to be content. No matter what you do, it's going to be content. So you might as well go back and try and see uh, how many times he recycled a specific handshake. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know, man. But, yeah, that that's interesting. I think, well, yeah, I think he'll go to the Lakers or somebody, a contender like that, because it doesn't look like he'll be seeing another contract close to close to anything that he has been, been seeing. Because um, mm-hmm. he's getting money. So they pay him out. It is what it is, because I think he was making like twenty nine mil or something this year. It's yeah, like crazy. Nuts. And, and he's on an expiring contract. You know what I mean? So that that's why I don't really think anybody's gonna like trade for him. So let's wait for him to buy out. I got a good um question to uh, move us forward. Shoot. Um, should the NBA should the NBA team start to invest in like gymnastics? coaches for like landing and how to take off for some of these younger players but like to prevent like injuries and shit yeah because it seems like the landing is taking players out you know we seen the scare with uh anthony edwards and like that was that was that was tough in the moment because it's like yo like some of these players come down so awkwardly and i know it's hard to like i guess you can't you can't practice for when you get bumped in the air but, you know, how to fall is a big part of it. You know what I mean? If any, you know, people say, you know, tucking when you fall is a lot different than falling and trying to stop you when using your body to do it. And um, think about your Derrick Rose, Sean Livingston. It's like all of those work when the person's foot hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And those are like those. I don't know. I, I always felt like that. I'm like, I wonder if they if they if one of these teams started to invest in gymnastics coaches to like. You know, land or jump, and maybe they go to some kind of gymnastics gym and bump in the air and show different ways to land. Maybe that might change some stuff because some of these desperate landings, man, they're taking players out. I want to say Brandon Roy's injury was on a landing, so like you know, we, we lose we lose a lot of players to that. I, I would just, think I would that, think about that. That crossed my mind. I would think that it could help, but I might be wrong. Like I think that with gymnastics even though you can roll your ankle or whatever, come down the wrong way with that too. Cause you fucking flipping in the air. 
But I think with gymnastics, them landing is more controlled than somebody getting bumped. running, yeah, going up and could get bumped in the air. They, yeah. they don't have to deal with the same stuff while they in the air as somebody going up for a layup or dunk, like fouling them, bumping them, coming down on somebody's foot or some shit like that. Gymnastics, you doing your own thing, you flipping, whoop, you come down. If you roll your ankle, then you just came down wrong. You're not coming down on somebody else's shoe or the the the, the court slippery because somebody's sweating there, some shit like that. So I, I think it could help, but I think it's just so many more factors that come into play when people come down wrong and get injured. Los, you think that's a misinvestment? Not a misinvestment. I I get what you're saying, so I want to move it past gymnastics a little bit. I will say I, I will say on the gymnastics front, yes, it is more controlled, but I think it's not really about the landing. It's about the entire movement. In gymnastics, you're controlling the way you jump to begin with. You have a better idea of how long you're going to be in the air. You know what maneuvers you're trying to do, so you know exactly how you're going to land, and you're operating on a more forgiving surface because that yeah, platform yeah. is completely hollow. It gives a lot, right? So yeah. you don't have those things because in the NBA, learning how to fall is one thing, but you never really know how you're going to fall if you don't know how you're going to take off every time you go up. So that's a different thing. But I do think we're starting to see some of that investment in the NBA already with the fact that we saw the Pelicans staff trying to just re retrain the way Zion walks. Right. So some of that stuff is in there like they're, they're trying to change his entire gate because they're looking at him and say, bro, you big as hell. You got, you got your explosive, you got mad powerful, you like you got a lot of things, yeah. so you can get hurt. So let's change the way you walk, let's straighten out your feet, change the ratio the way your knees are, you know, your little your feet are a little too pronated or supinated, like little things like that to try and improve his gait to minimize the injury. Which so, which which does have a like a, a lasting effect on what muscles are used on a regular basis. A hundred percent. So I, I, so, I agree. Yeah, what muscles are used, what muscles get more of the strain, and if you can change the way you walk the way you jump, little things like that, you can utilize more of the muscles in your leg to activate and protect and protect what you got going on and strengthen those joints or at least help stabilize them a little more. But I do think we can continue to build on that to try and protect the players a little more. And I, I mean, these teams aren't stupid. These players are investments to, to them. You know what I mean? So I'm sure they're looking at these things. But one of And the they may of, have that. Yeah, they, they may have it, but they probably just need to go a little deeper. You know, the NBA is really analytics-driven right now, so they're probably looking at how some person likes to jump, like what their tendencies are, little things like that to help fix some of those things. But from lessons you could take, it's one of the good places you could look is the military, right? Um, the military had a big problem for a lot of years and still has the problem to a small degree, but a lot less than it used to about uh, people blowing out their knees and their ankles after parachuting. That's what gave me that idea because I know they took they, that tough when they land or something that exactly. I heard about. You got a PLF, yeah. right? So when you land, it's not just about landing the right way because there's, when you're carrying that that much gear, the impact is changed, right? Because like you jump out, you're jumping into battle, you got your ruck, and anybody who's been in the military knows your battle pack, you got a lot going on. You got a 50-pound pack or whatever gear you're carrying. You know, you got your, your armor, you got a whole bunch of ammo, your rifle, all that shit. So all that stuff adds to the amount of energy you land with that's going through your ankles your knees all that shit yeah. so learning how to land properly to minimize the load on the thing you still need to walk you into the fight or keep you in the fight those are some really big lessons that could be learned and nobody spends more money trying to figure out how to keep assets in play aka people than the military because 
it's hard to see. It's hard to see how much you spend training a soldier to that level and then watching them become ineffective instantly when they were just jumping into to the battle. So I definitely think there's things that could be learned from that community as well. Yeah. And as I was saying, when I was talking about landing, that, that, that's what I thought about. I know um, I had someone um, who I think their parachute didn't, like, it, it worked, but then it cut or something like that. Now I remember yeah. I worked with him a coworker a long time ago and he was saying that um, he messed his hip up, but it was, would have been so much worse had he not trained on how to roll into the fall yeah. once he knew he had no choice but to do it. And I, I think that that instant, like that that instinct, rather, yeah. if some of these players who are landing wrong would say, all right, well, let me go into the fall this way, then I might just hurt my leg for a couple of plays, you know, or or, or not put so much pressure on a on a attendant to turn and try to land on my feet square. So, like, yeah, I, I get it. I, I just think that's something that, that I, I hope the NBA does focus a little bit more on even though I know they're probably doing a great job with it because they're the most proactive league out of all of them, in my opinion. But I just don't like seeing all these, like, kids' lives change in a play off of one dunk. It's not yeah. worth it. That's tough. Yeah. Even your football players, they're falling, they're falling in these crazy ways. So, I mean, I guess sports could, all sports could benefit from that. You know, some of these plays from that last season in the NFL were, like, you know, when you see somebody ankle going this way and their leg is still full, you know, that's I'm like, what the is going on here? <laughs> like that's tough. That's tough. I, I don't ever want to look down at my leg and see, like, whoa, where, where's my foot? Oh, there it is. Like that's tough to see it going a, a total different direction like that. So I mean, some of them things you can't prevent because it's contact. But what if one or two you could? Now then, you can then, then it's worth it. Football though, because if you notice, it's times where. A, a player get tackled by like two, three people, right? Like they was in the area getting them down. And then all you see is a three, 400 pound fucking offensive lineman running in and like trying to push the player off of him, but falling on him as well. What the fuck you bringing your big ass over here to push him for? Like they already going down to the ground. Like I, I never understood why, like when the players or the play is about to be over, why these linemen come in. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. I don't know. But they always run in there and you see them fucking diving at the defender, pushing them when they already down on the ground. But then you you not understand, like, yo, you still adding to what this player with the ball is getting tackled on. You already got about 500, 600 pounds on him with these two, three p- people tackling him. Now you're bringing another 400 pounds on unnecessarily and shit. Yeah, and they, they, mind, they probably think they – they pushing them off, but they adding the extra yeah. one to that shoulder that they rolling off of. Yeah, yeah. You know and then exactly it, what it is. I know what it is, but then it's like, how many times have I've seen it a few times where that shit happened, and then the person is, or if they even if they trying to do some shit where they trying to hurt the defender, but then it was, it's been times where they try to do that, and then they end up hurting their own player. Player come out fucking limping because you landed on his leg or some shit. They, they got to do something about that. They should start penalizing motherfuckers for doing that shit. It's a cultural thing, really, right? Because it has, it has to start way earlier than, than the pros. I mean, you played Pop Warner just like I did. You know that from the time you're a kid, you know, not even a teen yet, you know, 11, 12, they, they're trying to tell you, play all the way through the play. Make sure you hit somebody. The play isn't over until the whistle goes. Like, little shit like that. So you're conditioned to keep on going, keep on going, find contact, yeah. find somebody to hit. And, you know, on kickoffs, we were running into motherfuckers just hitting them 
and it wasn't even like a valid block. Like you just hitting. Yo, something. it was times so, in football. It was times in football. Like, um, no, I wasn't. I wasn't no, no football prodigy and shit. I played in high school, and like, it was kickoffs where you were the like lame if you didn't get a hit on a yeah. on a kickoff, and you, that shit was all the way over there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. It's just, it's, yeah, it, it is. It is a cultural thing. I definitely yeah. understand that. It's a cultural thing, and it starts. It starts way younger. I remember. We, we was playing. We used to make fun of people who didn't have marks on their helmet. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. why, why your helmet so clean? Why your uniform so clean? So you start with that shit at a young age, and that takes you all the way through your Pop Warner years, through your high school years, through your colleges. And then if you're lucky enough to make it to the NFL, nobody's going to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we just don't do that anymore. Because especially when you nope, try to... Nope, hold on. Especially, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang let on. Me, just let me get to the last point in this, in, in this train here. They're fighting, y'all. It continues because... When you go back and look, look at film at the college and NFL level, the one thing you're looking for from all your players is effort. And especially if you're a new player and you're trying to get a spot on the team, the last thing you want any of your coaching staff to see is you waffling on the play, not playing all the way through the ball, getting that last little, little bit of hit. And they're like, oh, you gave up early on a play. You gave up. You're not playing all the way through the whistle. So I think it starts really, really young. And it's a cultural thing that has to change through football from the young years all the way into the pros. All right. That's tough because it's a so, psychological thing because you got to always be on go. Time out, time out. Go do your thing, Mo. This, this is good. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I, I like watching this one. I had to name in my head, but now I can't even like, um, oh boy from that play, the safety from Washington that got killed in his house. Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Yep. That motherfucker was a beast. Monster. Taking people heads off the way he played, just like y'all was saying, how we was taught play through the whistle, go find somebody to hit this and the other. The way he played was how we was brought up to play, right? Yep, 100%. Let a motherfucker do what he was doing in the league right now. What's gonna happen to him? They're getting fined, they're getting penalties on every play. You can't hit nobody in the helmet. You, you, even if it's accidental, you're getting penalized. Mm-hmm. They, they changing the way how defenders got to tackle. You can't hit nobody up here no more. You can't hit defenseless receivers. Ray Lewis used to crack motherfuckers coming across the middle of the field because yep. that's what that's how it was played. Yep. Yeah. But now you can't do that no more. So just like with that, they need to implement something on shit like that where big-ass linemen is coming in at the end of the play fucking diving on piles, hurting motherfuckers. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, said, I don't disagree with you, but... If you look at when they started changing those, that, like, where's yeah. the balance at mentally when you when you yeah. train to go all the time and and look yeah it's, I, I, I it's that's tough it's, that's tough it's not it's not even really yeah it is the balance but it's the trickle down effect of it right because when when Sean Taylor was playing like Sean Sean Taylor I think his last game was in like 2006 or 2007 right Ray Lewis mm-hmm. that show was a long time ago so we're just now seeing the effects of that now because when the NFL started putting those rules in. It started in the NFL, and then the rule changes started being tri- trickled down and adopted. Like, the NFL isn't adopting rules that Pop Warner is put, putting in or colleges or high schools are put, putting in. Oh, that's what so, I'm saying. So, they, yeah, need to, yeah. they need to put yeah. these rules in place yeah, so that shit 100%. can trickle down just like everything yep. else. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah, speak, yeah. Yeah, trying to get to the same yeah. place in the middle, the but point, starting yeah. from two different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm just saying the NFL need to put something in place just like they are trying to eliminate head injuries and stuff like that. Trying to eliminate... All unnecessary injuries, like a, a motherfucker laying at the bottom of a pile and somebody land on his leg wrong and tear up his whole fucking knee or something, that could end his career and fuck him up for the rest of his life. Not as bad as having CTE or anything, but yeah. he could pro- possibly not fucking walk for the rest of his life. Yep. 
Look at Joe Theismann when 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 um old boy from the Giants who was it Lawrence Taylor that did that? Yeah. yeah. Now you can't tackle. You get penalized and shit for tackling um going low on quarterbacks. Joe Theismann career done because of that. Yeah, and the NFL has to get on it because we know it takes a lot longer to get there. So this is where we're at now, but they're already trending that that way. Put it in place now so when the next generation start coming up, the ones that are in high school, colleges, just we need to start seeing that effect Yeah, that's the thing, man, because the NFL, you won't see the changes for years because it does take that. It takes that lower generation that adapted to the new rules, like you were saying, psychologically, for them to learn as they get older so that when they get to the league, they can still be high level instead of being these high level players trying to adjust everything they knew. So that yeah that that's um that's tough. They may make that rule change and you might not see the benefits of that for 7 8 years until yeah. your 16 year old, you know, gets to gets to 22 24 years old and now they're the the next level. But even yeah, but, that's yeah. that's tough. But even it's not even seven, eight years from that. And when the NFL does it, it's seven, eight years from when those lower leagues adopt it. Because not all those, they don't yeah. adopt every single NFL rule. They have to choose to adopt it independently at every level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So once they start adopting it, then that's where you'll see the effect. But if the NFL looks at it, like a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, they're football purists. I love seeing people blow each other's heads off. Like, it's nonsense. Uh, the game can be competitive without having all that. But the NFL is going to just start doing things like that for its own survival. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but a lot of my coworkers that I work with, they don't even let their kids attempt to play football. Like, or at least until not until they in like high school. I, 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 I know a lot of people like that, too. Yeah. Like they had their kids. If their kids do play football, they'll let them play flag all the yeah. way up until they like in a, a, the teenage years, 13, 14. Then when once they get to high school, then they let them play co- actual contact football. Yeah. yeah, I even go I as far as to say, if, if was, yeah, if I go as far as to say, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for some of the betting sites, you might ever see some people go away from watching it. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's um, it's 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 tough to see some of them players get injured, man. Like some of them injuries are like, like, I, you can see, you can see your kid, like you could, like not even having a kid. You can see yourself being like, my son ain't doing like that's tough. Like he gotta yeah. be. And you start setting these rules, and you don't even know if you're having a son or daughter yet. You ain't got a kid. But like I've just the, the way bad, that them injuries look, sometimes it is like that. And that, that that makes it to know that the NFL is becoming preventative instead of you know being proactive with it all the time. That's tough. I hope they I hope they do come up with a balance. I think that that's a part of what makes the besides having helmets, that's why it's so hard to relate to the to like the the, I don't know how to say it. In basketball, you can kind of see the feeling in the player. Yeah. In football, you can't always see that. You kind of see it in the team, unless you're the quarterback or the receiver. Now, maybe the running back. Now, you know what I mean. It's, I guess it's becoming more and more. You're starting to see more linemen with commercials and stuff like that, to where it's becoming more personal. But until we get to a point where we start to either one be proactive, or we're going to see somebody we really like a lot become hurt, and that's going to be the 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 fucking like. All right, now we got to start doing it. And that's the one thing I hope the NFL gets ahead of. But it's going to be hard for them to get ahead of, right? Because they've already gotten so far behind the eight ball because we're at the point now where parents aren't letting their kids get into to the sport, which lessens the crop of new players or new potential stars because they're going to go play other things. But what happens is when the best athletes, their parents won't let them go, it's going to get, get to a point where the best athletes aren't even asking their parents to go because the influence of the best athletes aren't even coming from the NFL anymore. 
And you yeah. couple you couple that with the fact that the NFL has the worst contracts in all professional sports. Where's where's the incentive? You yeah, I, mean? I I'm, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be some stars that that best friend decided not to play it because their parents didn't let them, and now they don't play it, and they're gonna play basketball with their best friends. Exactly. It's just when, when you like think, kids think a different way. Exactly, like I was just, just about to say. It. Look, look at how we did things when we we were kids, right? Like when we all first started do, doing things, like we like you played football, I played basketball. You know, we had injuries, yeah. whatever, and then we're like, hey, let's go do something together. We we was playing ping pong and doing all other kinds of shit and playing golf. Like you want to do what your friends are doing because you want to be around the people you want to be with, and if yeah. your friends aren't playing football and you're like hey i'm a superstar athlete i can make a pro in something do i play this thing that i gotta go to college i gotta bang around and people are wearing knee braces preventatively and i can get this shit just to go to the pros maybe to make a 50 something man roster potentially get get famous and if i sign a huge contract majority of it isn't guaranteed anyway or i can go play in baseball where there's no salary cap i can go play in basketball where they're getting all kinds of guaranteed money or like Take my ass overseas and get yeah. paid millions of dollars. I, I can do it's a whole bunch of different places to get financially stable. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'll just be an athlete and just become a Twitch streamer. Like fuck, I'll work out on stream. Like anything. No. Like, there, there's, <laughs> so, there's so many. There's so many avenues to get get money, and people are getting smarter and more sensitive, or at least less less interested in seeing the violent aspects of life. That you're going to see a lot of that the the draw of football going down because it's not what it used to be nobody looks at a football field and sees glamour and fit and fame and all that other shit because it's just not there you can't talk about football for 15 minutes with somebody that's not a, a, a you either gotta be a really good sports fan or a decent football fan if you're not in that realm the minute i start talking to somebody about football the injuries an injury thing is going to come up and then in, in 15 minutes within the conversation we talk about we talking about someone getting hurt or money not being guaranteed. That's like the leading conversation, it seems like, whenever you talk to your non-hardcore sports fans. Yeah, and that's the problem, because it's not even about the hardcore sports fans. When I try to gauge the popularity of something, I look at the casual fan or the people that Mm -hmm. don't have a specific allegiance Mm -hmm. to anything specific, the people that watch football but don't have a team. Those people are less and less. They don't exist anymore. So you go say, hey, you watching the Super Bowl? Nah, I don't even know who's playing. Is anybody good at the Super Bowl halftime? Like, nah, I'm not watching that shit. Like, casual fans aren't into it. Casual fans are watching other things. Like, casual sports fans, nobody's tuning in and sitting down, you know, to go watch the football game with any sort of enthusiasm. Yeah. And that's a big problem for the NFL. I mean, it's not a problem for me. I mean, there's plenty of other shit going on. There's plenty of other sports. There's better things to watch. But for somebody, they're not drawing in new fans. You know what I mean? Their fans are getting older every year yeah <laughs> well like i said i think if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for your fan duels and your and your you know fantasy leagues it, it'd be it'd be tough because i still think that you know, i don't know if it's if it's true and i don't have the stats but i still feel like you know fantasy football is probably the most dominant fantasy thing oh, yeah. i would think yeah, 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 100%. but um yeah. it is it, and it's fun because the trade the the switching players and yeah, yeah. you know benching this person with the stuff like that but think about just think about even that is you only got to worry about your shit once a week yeah, and it was true, true. And I think that's probably a big part of it. I'm pointing I to see, the wrong screen for I, you. But. I see I see that as a negative, actually. What, only having to worry about worrying about your roster and shit for one game a week? And you're basing it off injury. 100%. Because if we've looked at, just look at our own life cycles, right? Look at how the attention span of people has gone down dramatically. Dramatically. They, con- they constantly need engagement, right? So if you say, hey, I'm going to set this roster up 
Monday and I'll come back to it at some point, you're going to lose that to the fact that the NBA game, the M- NBA on FanDuel or DraftKings or whoever else is betting, they've got nine games and 10 di- different ways you can play. You can bet on esports, you can bet on soccer, UFC, you got all these other things. And, but the football is once a week. Nobody's sitting there waiting like, man, I can't wait to adjust my roster to do this one thing once a week. So that one touch point a week, that begins to fade when you're looking for more things to keep you going. So I could well, see them starting to lose some of that market share on the betting side to people that have more availability to keep them in the game longer. Yeah. Well, betting, betting wise, yeah, fantasy wise, I would say no. Yeah. And and let's not forget, um, I said once a week, but shit, they play, they got football games on three times a week now, Sunday, Mondays, and Thursdays yeah. all year and shit. They used to be Thursdays towards the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. But with 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 fantasy, the people that like fantasy is the most popular fantasy sports shit, like fantasy basketball, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, and all that shit. That's the most popular one. Yep. And the people that play fantasy football is like the motherfuckers is hardcore. Like they ain't gonna forget to set their roster. Yep. They gonna have the notifications up on their fantasy app. Motherfuckers gonna be getting notifications on who hurt. Who got traded? Who this? Who that? So they're gonna be in tune with that. The betting side of it, yeah, I I, I agree with you on that because it's a lot more to bet on throughout the week. But when football is happening, there's a lot to bet on. Sunday, you betting on yeah. how many games? Fucking about 10, 12 games or some shit yeah. like that on Sunday. Then you got the one or two on Monday if they're doing a double up Monday joint. Then you got the one on Thursday. But the betting wise, yeah, you got way more options to bet on in other sports. But as far as fantasy, I feel that it's more popular just because you don't have to do as much on fantasy. Like fantasy basketball, you got, like you say, you got games every day of the week and shit. Mm -hmm. Like you got to maintain that shit. You got to be in tune with that shit every day. Baseball, shit, that's even worse. You only got probably, you, you got what? You ain't got no days off in baseball with the nope. games. Motherfuckers got like five, six games a week and shit. So it's like fantasy aspect is more popular than the other ones. But betting, yeah, the other other sports is you're gonna bet a lot more on the other sports just because, like you said, you got more opportunity throughout the week. Yeah, that's tough. But you know what I mean? That could all that could also just be a it could be a precursor to what the trend is, right? Because when fantasy football and all that really got started, football was by far the most popular sport. And it still is the most popular sport, but the numbers have been dwindling. So we could be seeing a slow trend to that type of fantasy sport just going away altogether and only leaving it in the betting realm or yeah. seeing them being t- taken over by something else altogether. Especially the- especially if there's no good athletes coming into football anymore. and. You know, even with, even with the COVID thing, you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to readjust to the casual fan in order to buy people back in that are losing the interest in, like, you know, the NFL. I'm not NFL. NBA numbers were down yep. just because you don't get the same. If you don't love basketball, then if you love basketball, it's probably been some of the best basketball to watch in exactly. years. Yeah. In like year, what? Years. Some of the best, some of the best basketball you can watch. The, this this COVID basketball. Same thing with battle rap. Same thing with like all of these different avenues that have stripped away the hype and has made it more for purists. It, there's got to be some of the best stuff for you to watch. But when you get into, we would have been there anyway. Yep. 
So now when you get into, all right, so now the world's opening back up. You got people getting vaccinated. That's up to you if you take it or not. And once you get to a point where now it's the world's back open, we're moving forward again, and people get to go to those games after not going there for a year, you know, a year and some change, two years, and you've learned that the, the new date is the, net, the new Netflix show. How do you get that person to come back to the games? And we'll, we'll see if, if somebody's got to be proactive. One of these, you can, get a, you can get a new best league in no time, in no time. Yeah, and with two percent today, the next, the next African American player that got an issue, you know, or next Latino player that says something, and that per and that league doesn't respond well. I, I, it's no telling what's happening next. There's no telling what's happening next, man. Yeah, speaking of, good. speaking yep. of that, have y'all been following the whole Deshaun Watson shit? Yeah. There was a yeah, new allegation yeah. that came out today. Yeah, it was it today, right? Yeah, to like three, now. three now. Yeah, well, just 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 now come from. That's yeah. all. That's how they all happen. That's how all of them happen. That's how it is. Like, it's a touchy one, right? Like, I never want to say anybody's lying ever, but if you look at the pattern of when big name personalities, whenever like the accusations start, it always comes in waves. It's one, and then it's two, and then it's four, and then it's ten, and then all of a sudden, like, it it just gets to this range where it just becomes undeniable. It's almost like it's the playbook for how we're going to wreck this person. So, like, obviously you got to take it serious, you got to investigate it, but yeah, that shit happens all the time. They come up in clusters. And, I don't know, you know, they always push the same narrative, like, you know, the one person came forward and they were brave, and now everybody else feels empowered to do the same thing. But some of it could be bullshit too. But you never really know, right? So and it's hard to say because then you're insensitive if exactly. you take that that side. So and it's becoming more and more. I'm telling you now, like like this to the to the. Uh, it's even hard to even say this because of the that fine line. Sensitive America versus insensitive America is becoming just as big of a. I don't call it, it a race war, but it's becoming a little war within itself already. Like there's gonna be a, you know, we have feelings to the sensitive protest. Like there's it's, it's getting to a point where the cold-hearted America and the sensitive America is, is is going back and forth too, and not even just America, just people in general. Because now we have so much access to feelings and so much information, and you know, if you could go to somebody's Twitter and go back three or four years, catch something crazy that they said that sounded like they might be the type to do this. Now the whole court case is different. The public image is different. And the people who wouldn't care to judge them are not going to go back to validate or invalidate it. They just don't care anyway. So mm -hmm. now it's like, now it's just that person versus the, the, the popular opinion. And that is becoming, I don't think our time is ready to handle yet. Yet We, we grew up, you know, we got that unique era of no internet, flip phones, you know what I mean? We've seen it. No kid brick. You know, your phone don't have the internet or my phone does. And then you got that corny phone. My phone has, you know, all the way up until now where, you know, if you got the iPhone 10, you, you good. You know, you, you, you can hang out with the people. Well, probably not, but you know what I mean? Yeah, you can still hang with, yeah. you, you know, you're not behind like it was at the time to have a five-year-old phone. You got a space huh? shuttle in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, yo, for real. Remember, it was, a, real. It was a time yeah. where like, yo, yeah, you ain't got a kick, you ain't got a blackberry. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? When we were at that point, like we didn't have access to everything like that on the spot. You know, mm -hmm. it was like now, now honestly, bro, you could open up Instagram. You don't need the news as much. You don't need you don't need 
you don't need Twitter as much if you got Instagram. You know, like you can find some media outlet that's either gonna mislead you or lead you, and then you could just go down that path. But that's yeah, a lot of motherfuckers are too goddamn lazy to even go and to go find out the truth. They just like, oh shit, the fucking moon exploded. The shit could be a full bright ass moon outside. <laughs> right, up. But then they, they see up. it on their phone in their house, and the next thing you know, they spread it across Facebook. Oh shit, you yo, you heard the moon exploded? Yep. And that's the thing, like, so well, yeah, you ain't look outside, you're dumb. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Bro. That <laughs> like, that's how stupid motherfuckers are. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Then tomorrow but, is more hologram rumors and shit like that. Like, it, yeah, it is like that. You know? the moon. There it up. Yep. But no, but that that's a real thing, right? So we have access to more information than we ever have. But the problem is we don't have access to good information. We have access to more bad information than ever. No, no, no. You got before. access to good information. Motherfuckers just don't want to go find the no, shit. No, it's, it's not that you don't have access to it. Nobody knows what good information is anymore. Yeah. Pe people don't know how to identify it. People don't know what good information looks like. If you give people three web pages that say three different things, nobody knows what the truth is. It's getting to, to the point where people are fact-checking videos. There was a thing where fact-checkers were checking if we're fact-checking a video that Biden was actually at a televised press conference at the White House, they had to fact check if the video was legit when every White House recording of a press conference is like available to the public. People don't know what good information looks like anymore and people don't know who to believe because the media outlets who are supposed to be giving us unbiased, raw, unfiltered information are the ones polarizing America to the beginning. Like Americans in general, we're not as far left and as far right as anybody outside would make it seem to, to believe but negative things get more clicks and they get more views so if you push this far left message and this far right message you don't agree with 100 percent of either one of those things the majority of people are in the middle and in more middle. reasonable we're lost in the middle so you've got the extremes are dictating what our entire country looks like when a majority of the people are right here in the middle like uh, I kind of lean more with that, so I guess I'll just jump on that bandwagon, or I kind of lean more with this and jump on that bandwagon, and yeah. all that leads to is more infighting between one another. That's really all that's happening. So and that's there's rough. a lot of information out there, but it's being convoluted intentionally. That's like, rough because it's been, and that's been the case. That's been the case even before the internet. We've yeah. always been, we've always been stuck in that conundrum between, you know, this person says, that person says, this history book says, but our people says, that person says, but. Your grandparent told you, and like that, that weird mix being magnified now, where all you have to do is literally make 15 TikToks and five of them hit, and your news channel got 100k. And, and like, it's like that now, now you're the new, you know, now you're the new world star, like as if that was the truth all the time back then. Like, it just, it's just, it's a, it's a messed up cycle, man. I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen three or four generations from now or how you even raise your kids to be smart enough to find that line when you don't know the line that's that's uh i don't know that's a whole another you know this, this ain't even about sports no more at this point no but it's it's still a good <laughs> conversation it, but but it, it is about sports right because sports is about the people it's about the consumer it's about the people that are actually playing the sport and this this convoluted issue of what's true and what's not transcends everything everything it transcends yep. media politics your day-to-day -day interactions to the point that a mask that's supposed to help protect you has become politicized if i don't wear a mask that means i'm alt right if i do wear a mask that means i'm far left and then whether or not 
uh, a, a sexual allegation against the quarterback is legitimate, we don't know because I can look at one website that says it's all bullshit, and I can look at some, something else that says it's 100% legit. Because at the end or, of the day, or get to the bottom of it and go to Facebook. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it stems from. So yep. it transcends everything, including sports, because it's not a sports issue. It's not a politics issue. It's not a media issue. It's a human issue. And it's not even an America issue. You know, it is it's, literally it's, it's a where human the world issue. is right now. It's where the world is. So it affects everything we touch and we see. So if you don't have something to grab onto that, you know, for 100 percent is real. I don't know how you're grounded. You know, like. like I, I agree with everything y'all saying, but I think in some situations you can go and look up stuff and find the real shit. Like, for instance. Before the election, right? And I ain't going to get into too much politics and shit. But before the election, and um, they brought up the whole tax tax plan for Biden, right? And that's when they was like, "Oh man, if you're making over this amount of money, everybody started running with Biden. Biden trying to raise taxes up to fucking sixty sixty two percent or sixty whatever the number was, right?" And that was the that was the that was the headline. Biden's gonna raise your taxes up to sixty some percent, and that's what everybody ran with. Nobody, and even when I'll be on the Xbox and shit and group chats with people and shit, motherfuckers talking about that. That's what they said. So I'm like, yo, y'all all in here talking about this because that's what y'all saw. That was the headline y'all saw. Did any of y'all go up and look it up? They're like, nah, man. They I said don't care about that go. shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, nah, yeah. no. Nah, they, they said it's going to be a six percent. I'm like, yo, see, this is the fucking problem. And, and these are people older than me. Yeah. At least by 10 years older than me. It's and not some even solid, young, some solid people. And some, some solid people. Yeah. That it's not even a young issue. So I'm like, bro, we everybody on this chat, we are talking and communicating on like we're not even near each other. We all in different cities, different states, some people. We all got these smartphones. Look up the fucking information. So I'm like, you know what? I looked it up. Boom. Look up the uh the thing. Went to three different sources. They all had different headlines. But when you go in there and read it, they all broke it fucking down to where it didn't even, it's not even his tax plan. They took everything and just bundled it up in one. It was like, oh, he's raising your taxes up to 600000 Then you got these motherfuckers on Facebook. Like, first of all, the shit is if you made over 400000 you ain't nowhere near that. So what the fuck are you even talking about your taxes being up to damn 60-something percent? One. Two, the shit they know the people that complain about it not even taking it in consideration of other taxes, not just federal. Your federal shit wasn't gonna go up to 60 something percent. You still got that was in combination of federal, state, and all the other bullshit yeah, that got, got that yeah. But everybody was like, Oh, his tax plan, your tax is gonna go up to 60 something percent. And that's the problem. Like people read headlines and it you could have went on Fox News. You could have went on fucking CBS. You could have been on NBC. All the news sites, they all reported that. But when you went and read in the fucking articles, they all broke it, broke it down the same way. So, yes, some stuff, you got some people talking way over here. You got people talking way over here. And then, like you said, Los, you stuck in the middle. Like, you don't know what to believe. But some, there is stuff where you can go and actually look up this shit, not just go off your head, off the headlines, and you will find out the information. And then another thing people don't do, is go and read multiple fucking sources like motherfuckers will go see one thing see what they want to see boom that's gospel no motherfucker you did you look at different things to even see if other people are saying the same thing so that's that's what the issue is it's not yeah. like no not right. that 
it, it's ahead, part of, no, I'm saying you're right. That's part of the human condition because we're we've come to a point in our society where people don't actually want to hear the other side of it, right? People that let let's just use the left and right since that that's where we're at. The left consumes CNN primarily, and anything that comes on Fox News is fake news. The right consume, consumes Fox, and anything that's on CNN is fake news. So people are so afraid to read another news source because they make it feel like they're allied with an, an, another person. And media outlets take advantage of this by just giving you the headline thing. Biden mm -hmm. raising your taxes by 65%, they're taking advantage of the fact that they know you won't read the rest of the article. They put mm -hmm. a headline that they know you're going to get pissed off about and continue that on. So it's a problem with us not reading and consuming being able to look at all the facts unbiasedly and then go to the other side of it and say, is that legit? Is that not? And find the truth in the middle because it, it's work. Nobody actually wants to go find the truth in the middle because nobody wants to hear the other side of it, which is why we get into these stupid conversations of people saying, oh, that person said something I didn't, I didn't agree with. We should deplatform them. Take them off Twitter, take them off Instagram, take them off this. Don't let them say their thing because it doesn't agree with what my narrative is. And when you have tech companies who primarily lean one direction, the politics get skewed that, that way as well. And things that should just be basic conversation, like we should be able to disagree but have an educated conversation and come to some reasonable understanding or whatever without yelling at each other. Now people can't get past the first sentence without screaming hate at each other. There's so much hate in what people are saying because they're not educated or not they don't have the willingness to have a regular conversation with a person yeah. and people are taking advantage of that fact and not just our own media foreign entities take advantage of that fact that we can become so easily polarized mm -hmm. that's that is that's a problem like i said and it transcends everything so yeah it's a sports problem too <laughs> yeah I got a question for y'all. Back to sports yeah. or back to actual like talking about sports. So, Mel, you remember before when I, um when we was talking about the whole like the four most influential players and shit. And we had the whole Steph yeah. Curry versus obviously yeah, yeah. shit. All right, and when the whole thing with Steph Curry was like how he transcended the game of people shooting threes and and. Three, yeah, they, and, get, they, and giving the unathletic person the hope that they could do it too, and blah blah. Yeah, and then, yeah. then extending the three point line. All right, got a question because going back to that Nets and Knicks game, me personally, Steph Steph is a B show. Like that motherfucker's yeah. on another level. Greatest yep. shooter ever. He's yep. gonna. When you say he gonna pass Ray Allen, um, Los? Probably next season. Coming, coming next season, I think. All right, I, I think I, I think I said I think Mel, you said maybe right before or after All Star break. I think I said like later in the season, almost by playoffs something. Got well, I think I think I said I think I said by by uh by All Star, by next, All -Star season. next season. All Star next season. Yeah. All right. I think I'm yo. I'm tired of I'm tired not tired. You said I'm tired. tired. I heard that. I'm tired, <laughs> I'm tired of fucking three pointers, yo. And let me explain. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, fucking Clay Thompson, all these great shooters got these motherfuckers thinking that they can shoot too, yo. And that shit is annoying. You know how many threes? I'm watching this Knicks game, yo. I'm like, yo, oh shit, they come back. From the Curry influence. I get what you. I get what you're doing. I got. That's funny. <laughs> I'm watching the game. I'm like, yo. The Knicks about to come back and win, yo. 
Julius Randle was off. He was going off, yo. They could not stop him for a, a yeah. good chunk of that that second half. Yeah. But then you got Knicks players coming down, just throwing up threes, throwing up threes. So I'm like, bro, you you're not even a three point shooter. <laughs> Move the ball around, yo. I'm so I'm so tired of teams that yo. You don't even the Knicks don't even have like a oh that he's a knockdown three point shooter. They didn't even have that person on the court. <laughs> And they jacking up threes. They throwing up more threes than the Nets was. And they had James Harden and Kyrie. If they wouldn't have been shooting up so many damn threes, they could have possibly won that game. The reason that shit came down to what it was is because of them goddamn threes. And I'm tired of these teams just throwing up threes all fucking game. Like, motherfuckers just went away from trying to just get a get a, a, a couple points. Y'all motherfuckers like, yo, I'm about to jack this fucking three up. Yeah, it's not, wait, 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 I want I want to take away from that. Let's 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 stay there for a second. Like I I do think that is, it's 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 crazy, bro. They like these six nine six eleven, like some of them are hitting the half fake, and then getting the free lane, and then hitting the free lane and doing a step back to the three. And I'm like, bro, you had the lane exactly. And they firing off a three, and it's like, and yo, I don't know shit. what's going over the two losing that much value. It's really one point, bro. And you up by eleven. Why'd you do a step back three? Like it, it don't matter what the circumstance is. They hit. They going for the step back three. You know that. I don't know. That's tough. It's a mix of Curry, Dame Leonard, and I definitely I was about, I was about to say Curry, Dame Leonard, and fucking um, and goddamn um, James Harden, yo, with that fucking step back shit that he fucking just mastered. It's not a shot. It's it's, it's and it's not. Except for Dame. See, what the Warriors did, the Warriors cobbled together a whole bunch of great shooters somehow. And, and fantastic and, ball movement. And fantastic ball movement. So you see a lot of their threes. They're, a lot of their threes are good, clean looks, right? And then they yeah. just happen to hit them at a high percentage. What? Yeah, what foot the on the line did, type of threes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. What the Warriors did is made these other teams, somehow they just figured out after watching the Warriors that three points is worth more than two points. Somehow that was this big epiphany. So then you go down the road a few years and you get the Rockets who said, you know what? Three is worth more than two. Hey, can you check my math on that? And fuck it. So let's just shoot all threes. Let's give the twos all around because, listen, you're a 40% shooter from two. And you're a 30% shooter from three. But over 100 shots, that gives us 10 extra points. Just shoot the three. So the long two has become like, a, a shot you don't want to shoot. So it's the Rockets who took something that was happening and amplified it. They took it to such an obnoxious level that you're now seeing that effect still a few years later with people. You're saying it was Dan Tony that ruined it. So Dan yeah, Tony ruined no, the NBA. No, but Dan Tony admitted it too. So if you listen to his when you he saying, first yeah. question, I'm about, yeah, yeah, 100%. I'll blame him. Ah, uh, uh, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll blame him. I'll, you know, I'll stand hey, on fuck it. You, Dan. <laughs> because when, when, when they, a, no, when they asked him, when they asked him about a small ball experiment in in uh, Houston, he went back and talked about on the Suns how he started doing it on the Suns, and it was this novel concept that nobody had ever seen. And he said, "My only regret in Phoenix is that I didn't take it further, so I'm doing it now in Houston." But he didn't have near the team he had, and the NBA was a little more hip to it. Um, but yeah, so Dan Tony took it to the next level, and we're still seeing the downstream effects of that. So Curry, I, I agree with Curry, you on that. Yeah, so Curry showed the positive aspect, and then 
D'Antoni took that and made it dirty. And now let the me, rest of the team me, is let still me say why. <laughs> let me say why I, I'll give them 50-50 blame. You know? Between him, them and Joel Embiid? No, 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 no. Between <laughs> what? <laughs> Between no, the Rockets and Joel Embiid. And, and, and Steph and Dame and shit. Because, yeah, the Warriors, they had the plays and shit, ball movement, fucking Curry running around court, getting nigga tired as hell, doing all of this, and fucking come around, boom, shoot. But not only did he do that, yo, he'll cross your ass up, throw behind the back, lose the ball, and then pick that bitch up and just toss it over, like, three people and swap, swap. Swap, so like, and, and and he made the three point look more sexy or sexier than somebody getting dunked on or going up for a layup. Mm-hmm. So now everybody loves seeing threes. So now everybody want to shoot threes. Nobody want to go up with the layup. Nobody want to just get the little midi. Nobody want to do nothing. Everybody want to shoot threes. Just threes. I think I think that error. I think that um, yeah. I think I think. It's not too we're not too far removed from these like the mid-ranger floater era to come back. I think history is gonna start to slowly bring itself back that little bit. We probably not with the we're not getting back to the big man era for a while. But I no. am seeing your John Morants and your and your Anthony Edwards and your your Zions and like the, these younger players, even LaMelo, who was a known to fire off the terrible three-point shot, but make some of them. So you know what's what's he gonna do in the league? I've seen him get a couple of inches on somebody, look up, and then go right to that lane and get past somebody. And I think that 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 making the ball, making the shot is going to become more important sooner sooner than later. I feel like, and then you'll start to see some of them, um, some of them, them three point chucker teams kind of kind of mellow out a little bit. I hope. Yeah, I maybe. feel like it's I coming. Mean, you you are starting to see that trend back to the mid range, and there's really. Two players that Kawhi really Leonard, yeah, like you're getting oh, yeah, the players three, that, yeah. So you get Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, and CJ McCollum, who have said, you know what, the mid range is where it's at. Because yeah, I'm seeing what you're seeing with Lamelo, but Lamelo hasn't lost that thing that he does. You know what I mean? Because I yeah, he's to fire yeah, off a goofy three, not fire off a goofy three. He's firing off more of them, and he's making more of them. I saw yeah. an interesting stat today, right? That there's six players in the NBA right now that try that have tried over a hundred threes from greater than 27 feet. Right. So that's Dame, Trey Young, Eric Gordon, Luca, Steph, and LaMelo. And LaMelo leads all of them in three point percentage beyond 27 feet on a, on a hundred attempts. So he's shooting them and he's shooting a yeah. lot of them. He's yeah, shooting that company that. and yeah. shooting a high percentage. So, I mean, yeah, I think I think that you're gonna get more. Um, I guess what I'm trying to, but I'm to summarize it real quick so we don't stretch it much longer than we need to. But I think it's just becoming more like, yo, if you that type of person that does this, then teams are gonna get you to do that. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think, like you know, like I said, I don't think you're gonna get a a time where Bam won't get a max contract and he's he's not he's still not shooting step back you know crazy little spin move yeah. shots at some of the bigs like people are starting to get into their roles a little bit more I hope I hope because the league will be back once that happens I feel like yeah, I'm I'm understand. tired of seeing max potential players get played max contracts to try to shoot from max range only and that that shit is getting a little out of hand so I, I agree with you Mo it it is getting like that 
Um, I don't. I do. I do have a question, just based on where the question uh, started from. Who, who, who was um, who was, who was Julius Randle trying to fight? The ref. The ref. The ref. No, no. What the fuck was he doing? I understand he was mad. I get it, yeah. But what were you trying to do, bro? I think you was just trying to go give him a piece of his mind and shit. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, damn. Like he was trying to. He was trying. He was going his in return. Yeah, yeah. He was. But let me let me just saying, yo, I'm an all star. Give me the call. Bro, they was grabbing him. He was flinging his own people, smacking his teammates. Oh, I'm like, bro, what are you gonna do? Go get to that ref and whoop his five foot ten ass? Like, what, what are you? What are you looking for, bro? He was mad. He was pissed. I get him being mad, but like, bro, go, go back, go back there, bro. The What's that you got, Mo? So this this is what I'm I'm saying. Like, for I'm gonna take it back to that Brooklyn game. When you have somebody, um, even though for the regular season this year, he's shooting thirty seven percent from three. Who's he? Right, Emmanuel quickly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. But in that Brooklyn game, he shot (laughs) twelve fucking threes (laughs) and made four of them. Yep. His field goal percentage (laughs) was fucking six for nineteen. That meant he only made. Two, two pointers, layup or jumper, two two jumpers, two layups, whatever or yeah. dunk. But my man, yo, bro, if you shot twelve threes, bro, and only made four, bro, after the eighth, like just just chill out, yo. Especially late in the game, like this is the thing, like you got to know when to be throwing up them fucking threes. Yeah, it was time left. You wasn't down by a lot where you needed threes. You could have just chipped away, kept chipping away with the twos, maybe a three here. Because they did make some threes late in the game, but they just was like always my 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 issue is, is I'm I don't I I'm tired of teams always thinking three first. Yeah. Like, bro, you don't need a three. Just like what, what game was that? It was just a you game a couple it. weeks ago with oh with um with fucking Denver. Oh my god. To end the game. They on a fucking four to four on one fast break. Everybody stopped at the three point line, and they yep. just needed two points. Nobody went to the rim. They nobody went to the basket. Way. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody stopped at the three point line to shoot a fucking three instead of somebody or two people keep going to the basket and getting the easy layup, go to overtime, and possibly win the game or lose the game, whatever. But everybody stopped at the three point line. Why? That's tough. Now you're hundred percent right. And, and and that the, we celebrate your thirty three percent because we used to have four for twelve, four for so 12, you know yes. which isn't which isn't your league's worst. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it, it's tough to. Yeah. It's tough, cause they, yeah, because because that's what I'm saying. If if yeah. so, if in your mind you're like, all right, well, if two of these go in, then I'm shooting thirty eight percent, and now I'm like, you know what I mean? I, I'm yeah. I'm. I can shoot, like you know what I mean. I, I'm I got a I got a 77 three point rating. You know what I mean. 81 three point rating, and it, it's just crazy that like I don't know where the accountability is gonna fall to change that um to change the momentum. Um, that's, that's, even, that's I'll even take it off for somebody like uh, quickly being a rookie and shit. I will even get on LeBron with that shit. Sounds this nigga come down and throw up a logo three for what? Nah, nah, nah right? you LeBron. He he, 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 don't count, he don't count. He don't count. <laughs> Nah, when you did know. everything else, you allowed to you're allowed to celebrate that in, in, in your, your second decade. But he'll do that shit when he's not even shooting that good that game. He's supposed to do that though, he's LeBron. 
Now nah, fuck that. You know, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a Jordan fan all the way, but I'm gonna go ahead and say, yo, listen, hey LeBron, hey, for... I ain't <laughs> talking no more shit, bro. <laughs> hey, yo, shoot from wherever you want to shoot, bro. Don't even inbound that shit. Nigga, shoot that shit from there. Nah, you right, <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> If it bounce off the rim and hit a teammate, you inbound it. If it go in, then that's what we talking about. <laughs> nah, but you right, bro. We do need to see that change. Yeah, um, yeah, man. But speaking it on the Knicks, I want to bring it all the way back to your original question when we first got off the rails about what I think is going to happen. I think the Knicks try to make a play for Oladipo. Um, I think that's the most likely landing spot for him. Um, probably the best fit as well. And then in the offseason, don't be surprised if the Knicks go after Lonzo Ball. Like it. Mm. I like it. I think See, that the team could use him. Yep. So you want to put a legit six, seven point guard that's having a career year from three. Um, you know, you get Oladipo, you get fucking, you know, our man Julius Randle was going crazy. Obi Toppin still building. Right you know I mean, yeah, I mean, you got a that's a good set of players that no big personalities, nothing crazy, just looking to buy into the team vibe. I think you got a real good thing that that could be going on there. Top top six, top six team in the perimeter wing defense with with uh with them too because I feel like those two are some of the better defenders in the league. You know, well, the Debo is actually yeah. a really good wing defender and then Lonzo is the probably one of the most slept on defenders in the NBA. So I don't even know if you want to call it slept on because everybody knows. So he's um that, that's a big move. I think we should do I think next week we should dedicate a like a good chunk into trade predictions before we start to get some of those so moves made. About contract. We can't because next week is well. If we do next week, then it's finally the deadline. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what they will record. But we still got had that um that contract discussion too about the differences between all yeah the overarching contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's yeah. do that. Now. Um, let's let's put those two as as two important. Yeah, we'll see what happens with with, with the uh, with the uh, trade deadline as things come closer. Because like I said, we already seen two. We there was a smaller trade today too. I think it was the Bucks as well. But we'll see things start to tri- trickle in because some people are going to get afraid to wait till the last minute. So we'll have some action going into recording for next week. But either way, I think we're uh, I think we'll call it here. I think we had a pretty good good run today. So uh, I know we got a little off the rails and. It was needed though. I, yeah, I, I, that I was, was this was one of my favorite good. discussions. Yeah, it was needed. I think it was good. Um, so yeah, we're gonna end it there, and uh, you know, quit while, while we're ahead, even though we always ahead, and we're just gonna keep on going next episode. Too. <laughs> so man, if you don't think so, man, fuck y'all, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, appreciate y'all. Make sure uh, if you watch this on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If you watch yep, this yep, on yep. Spotify. Uh, listen to this on Spotify or listen to this on SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe there as well. Subscriptions are free. You know, just show some love. Uh, it means not, nothing to you, but we definitely appreciate it. So until next week, we are the unpaid players, and peace out. Peace. peace.